All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 284 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gills. Today I'm joined by Alex, bag boy on the board, Marks Almighty, Mark, Hello. and 69th Blizzard, Ken. Hello. Welcome back, gentlemen. Good to see you. Uh, what a crazy week last week was. N- nearly four hours of content generated. Um, <laughs> you know, suddenly felt like three sides episode. Um so I I guess uh, first things first was uh, congratulations to our two winners of the Take It Off book. These will be shipping out. It's even shrink wrap for you so you can keep it mint in package if you want. Um, these will be shipping out in the next day or so to Canada and Australia. So, cool. yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Those shipping fees are wonderful. Um, what else is kind of the news? Um Thank you to everyone for the response to the Bob interview. Obviously, it was a kind of challenging situation to be in, but uh, I think Bob came across with his side of the story for whatever that's worth. One thing that is uh, kind of useful to correct on that is Keith Alcourt was not fired. Um, Gene was going to need him. So superfluist requirements made redundant either way and results the same but uh, you know there's one little little detail on there that bob may not have been aware of and i actually got some bob kulik related mail today straight oh, into really? france i finally found a copy of his 1966 oh wow uh ep wow. and this was recorded by bob's band that you know he if you go into any bob kulik interview he'll tell you about his uh baby band the random what's it the random blues band and how they played at cafe wa in new york city and Jimi hendrix would come in and sit down watching them making them nervous um and stuff like that well apparently they cut this version of uh, winchester cathedral which kiss later did an instrumental of or on i think animalized tour uh, thereabouts anyway and it came out in 1966 unfortunately another band had just recorded that song at the same time the new vaudeville right. band or something like that who had a massive hit with it so right from the mm-hmm. beginning bob's career took an arc um and maybe if he looks right. back at this arc go right back to 1966 bob and what happened then and then what happened later. So I've been after this French EP because it's actually got four songs on it, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've had the, the, the U.S. Scepter single of Bob's song before, but it's also got two, uh, I think, originals I can't keep from uh, crying and the random blues. You can hear the latter of those up on uh, on YouTube. But uh, there you go. That's just me being an idiot as usual. Uh, but, but just to get all of your kind of opinions on the whole Bob situation, just like to get some overviews and thoughts. And Alex looks ready to go. So, Alex, what's your take on the Bob situation? You don't mind if I eat while we discuss that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go ahead, you Mark. Know... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, I, with, with Bob, um, I just think he's, like, super angry. And, and I, I, I don't understand. Uh, sorry, little one's teething over there she's been vocal um but she's mad about bob too i don't know she's got a little bit of gene simmons going on there you know audience she wants your attention yeah so i just um i I just don't understand 
what the issue is. It's kind of like some of the interviews have asked, like, okay, so what what can Kiss do or what can Brewster or what can they do to rectify things? You know, you're coming out going, oh, I had to pay 750 bucks, but then it's like, okay, so what if they cut your check for 750? You know, are you upset about that or or, or what is it? And then his, his like, solution is, like, the most random thing. It's like, let me produce a song called End of the Road, and it's, like, just way out there. <laughs> Yeah, one one of the interesting things is that seven hundred and fifty bucks. I, I again, I don't even want to know the business details of what any of these guys, whether it's Kiss or Bob or Bruce or anyone, is involved in. Just none of our freaking business. But you have overhead costs. If you want to protect your trademark and your copyright, you got to pay the fees. That is not. That's a business expense. That's not something that that you just you split it and you hope to recoup it from the sales of the T-shirt. So you know, it, it, it's just. It's like me bitching about the cost of hosting, you know, the website. It's a business expense because, you know, it has to be there in order to exist. So, uh, Kent, bring some reason to this whole conversation and debate, if you can. Well, here it is. Um, I, I was thinking about this. I wrote some things down. But I think, you know, a lot of it is stems from right now what's going on is from a year ago when – he, I guess he wanted more money or thought he wasn't getting enough money to, you know, play on the cruise. So therefore he, he didn't appear on the cruise. Um, and then the other issue is probably even going way back where he, he wished he had gotten the job instead of Ace. Uh, and it's just kind of a long thing that's kind of, he's kind of pushed it back, you know, Very long. until, until... <laughs> He's he's reached a boiling point of some of some sort, you know, something triggered it. Um, and the the thing about the Grammy, he talks about the Grammy thing, you know, who who cares? It doesn't matter. That doesn't even matter. Um, and some of the other things I thought about is he he talks about Bruce, uh, you know, being a tribute band or and tribute bands, and he's the guy that asked. He's the one that asked Paul and Gene to get his brother into into Kiss. So that's a co- total contradiction um, for himself there. I mean, he, he wanted his brother to be in the band if he couldn't obviously get in the band. Um, the other thing is, I think I started thinking about if actually he was chosen instead of Bruce. And that that would have thrown the chemistry out of the window, that special whatever magic chemistry that the original four had, if it was Bruce instead of Ace, I mean, Bob instead of Ace. Um, I think things would have been different, such as voting, you know, the Democratic kind of vote would be pr- most likely like a three to one, most likely, like uh, Gene, Paul, Bruce against Peter. I don't think Bob and Peter would have aligned like Ace and Peter did back back at that time. I just don't think it. And so I think Peter would probably would have quit, really quit the band because he threatened quit the band even before Destroyer. Therefore, you wouldn't get Beth and all this other stuff that happened. And maybe maybe they would have maybe they would have failed. You really I, you thought know. this over. 
Who knows? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah let's I, put it this way. He would have been shooting more than Christmas trees. Usually I think about the stuff while I'm taking a shower, Mark. But <laughs> anyway, there, anyway. There's a thought. Yeah, there's a thought. Um, <laughs> otherwise, you know, I just think it's just crazy. Um, yeah, I just think those things came up to me and I just thought something hit it. It's a boiling port, you know, point that he hit after so much of time of holding it back. So, yeah, and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was kind of the optics that the KISS crews and the opportunities was a cash cow for him that was then taken away, you know, with not being able to. But the mm-hmm. the logistics and the expenses of being able to take any act on the road and be viable, Bruce knows Union was playing to 100 people or, you know, half of that in places. Yeah. No one was going to go see Karabi's Motley songs and the Scream and you know Carnival of Souls and then obviously the Union stuff performed live. As much as people loved it, it just wasn't a viable seller. And even on the coattails of the end of the road, how viable is it unless you're in that opening slot, you know, before Kiss comes out and does their show? So. The Kiss Cruise, I, I don't doubt, is a cash cow, but it's a cash cow for Jeet and Ball. Um, you know, that's how the mm. rich get rich and stay rich. You know, they only throw crumbs out, and maybe that is good enough. And again, we don't know what the – I don't even want to know what Bruce and the bands get paid individually or collectively or whatever. None of our effing business just enjoy the videos and the music, which is it should be about. Um, so I think there's there's much more to it. Um I hope so, because otherwise it just seems, you know, Bruce is just one of the nicest people you can meet. And to have kind of his character being sullied in this way is, you know, deeply disconcerting and worrying. Mark, your take on it. Well, I think in his mind, it all boils down to one thing, and hopefully you'll be able to hear this. There you go. Like for like Fredo says in The Godfather, I'm smart and I want respect. So <laughs> I, I think that it all boils back down to that. Every time you hear him talking about this stuff, it just seems like he feels like he's being disrespected at every turn, which I don't know. I mean, I can understand maybe some of it in the extent that he thinks, oh, maybe I got underpaid. These guys are getting so much for this and I only got this much. OK, great. That's fine. Right. That that happened, like you said, it, that's not none of our business to know about that, and who cares, right? That's for them to take care of. But you know, think about it though. He he got got to do quite a few things that a lot of people would have loved to have done to ghost on Kiss songs. I mean, a lot of people would have loved to do it. Look at Anton Fig. He did whole albums. You don't hear him start screaming and yelling and complaining that he. You know, he didn't get any respect or something. He could have complained and said, why didn't they let me in as the drummer after Peter left? He could have had a legitimate, you know, complaint like that. But you never hear him complain about stuff like that. It it, it just seems very odd that, uh, you know, he he's, he's making such a big deal out of things that happened a long time ago. And, you know, I'm not a medical expert by any stretch of the imagination, but this kind of stuff reminds me of something to do almost with mental illness. I mean, it just seems like something really snapped in him and he, he just went <laughs> overboard with this. Like, I mean, a lot of the things that he did just seems very odd, you know, like the whole eating while he's on doing an interview. I mean, he can't be that foolish to to not realize that people are going to hear that. You know what I mean? That just, yeah, that just seems like something that either, 
Yeah, you know, it was, and it, that was the most annoying interview. I mean, I was listening to that and I was like, God, I'm glad I'm not listening to this on headphones, you know. That and was the, the one with, uh, on the metal voice, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and then, uh, <laughs> you know, the whole, the whole thing with the Grammy thing. I mean, that, how many times did he say that? And I mean, already there's been two other podcasts that have mentioned and spelt out that really he didn't win any Grammy. He was just a participant in the in the activity that made Motorhead win the Grammy. He they won the Grammy, not him, you know. And, and you know, I mean, and he's and he's and he's standing on that hill, that Grammy hill, so firmly that you know that's why he needs respect because I'm a Grammy producer, Grammy producer. It's like he's he's making people just get annoyed with him with that, you know. Mm-hmm. And that whole thing about him producing, you know. Uh, producing the song for Kiss, like let me write the song "End of the Road" with you and release as a single. You think now, honestly, after all this crap that you talked about with these guys and these podcasts, they're gonna come up to you and say, "Yeah, Bob, you're right. Let's write a song together, and you can produce it. You're a Grammy award-winning producer." Like it just seems like something's wrong upstairs. Can I? Yeah. And yes, you know, you, I, yes, you may, Alex. Please do. <laughs> you know, I, it's it's. I've listened to you know the same. I think we've all listened to the same interviews, and um, you know, I I don't want to. I don't want to like to ask Jesse here. I don't want to invalid. I want to make sure Bob. You know, they say you know Bob. Like yes, you're allowed to have those feelings. Like validate the feelings. You know, you learn that with with marriage and stuff like that. Even if it doesn't make sense, I'm just you know, <laughs> boy, I'm just. <laughs> I am just confused, though. Um, you know, like you, what was mentioned, just with with all this um, anger and and frustration. But you know, like you said, with the whole the whole Grammy issue, and with you know, it seemed like Julian, you mentioned it on the interview you did with him that there was you guys were at least well okay, at least Bob and Gene were okay to do the the vault appearance last year. Um, you know, uh, Bob was at the Vegas vault. Uh, yeah, so somehow I doubt they were doing check signings before and after and uh, a contract for that. You know, he was there and he was affable and, you know, got a shout out from Gene, obviously, and he ambled and I, I didn't actually attend it properly because I was a hanger on. But, uh, yeah, but but, you know, and I'm just can you know, it's it's weird because I was thinking too earlier, like, OK, you know, Bob says I was on 24 Kiss songs and. I've counted them. I've only counted up to the 18. So unless you guys know six more Kiss songs that yeah, he are. was on, or if he's counting like some overdubs, because it sounded like he just really was only on 18 of them uh, to me. But it's not like he was per se a songwriter of the songs. And I'm not trying to discredit somebody who plays on a song, because sometimes you know you may have helped with the song, but you may not have received songwriting credits. So I don't want to say he didn't do anything, but it's. You know, even like doing those Kiss Cruise appearances with, you know, what Eddie did with Bruce with the, the Kulik Brothers band. You know, it's not like Bob went out and, and had cut these songs himself, too, on a solo album because he also sang them. Or do you think it was he was uh, part of the band? You know, he was one of the, the guitarists on the songs, but he wasn't like the songwriter, the singer or anything like that. So kind of, like, you know, getting to the point uh, that you mentioned, too, you know, with Kiss, Stone, and Crumbs, you know, they're kind of going like, hey, yeah, come play the songs you played on. That's OK. You know, I, I just I don't know what what Bob wants, what he needs to order the fear justified. I mean, he was on Diana Ross's album. That should be enough to justify your career, shouldn't it? <laughs> I, I think Mark's uh, soundbite answered that question exactly. Um <laughs> 
but the Grammy thing, no, he technically he did not win a Grammy, but isn't it good enough to have been a participant? He produced yeah. the, you know, or executive produced yeah. the album, which won the Grammy. It's the performance of the artist. You have to remember your role. I mean, in all of this, know your place, know your role. You're the producer. You know, when my soccer teams won championships, they did the winning. I was just sitting there grinning like a, you know, like a moron. You know, that that's the same thing as the producer winning a Grammy. I mean, be happy with the recognition, you know, that I have produced Grammy award winning albums, you know, rather than I, because it's very easy to fact check. And as, you know. Uh, I think it was three sides came up with the participation certificate, um, you know, off the Grammy website, which then denigrates it to a certain extent because you're like, well, you got a participation ribbon for running the race, Jimmy. That's all right. We all finished fifth. Um, where I think it takes away from what he accomplished as, you know, a tech on the technical side of the music business outside of, you know, any of the guitar playing. Going back to what you were saying, Alex, is, yeah, there are other songs. I mean, in your, your list there, when you counted them up, did you include the stuff that's on Gene Simmons' vault, Sentimental Fool, um, Now That You're Gone? And I think there were six songs that he was, part, he was actively involved in uh, for the vault, but only three of them ended up on it. So... Mm -hmm. Um, that's where some of the, the, the figures do, do come out. And obviously, you know, he co-wrote with Michael Bolton, Blackjack. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't get yeah. to get into any of that side of things. Those were some of the other questions that I did have for him. I managed to get in with, were you paid for these sessions that you did with Kiss? And we got very clear answers on that. Yeah, he got paid. He probably got paid like Dick Wagner got paid on Destroyer. You know, what was it? A union union scale. Yeah. Scale. Um, and if not, was he getting uh, fringe benefits from his association with those guys in the 70s? Did that open up any doors for him or had he already opened all those doors himself and this was the result of it? You know, so I think there's a lot of give and take um, that needs to be taken into account. Was he paid for creatures? Yeah. Was he, you know, so you've been paid. That's all you're entitled to. I, I did mention the Steve Hunter thing because he did go back and obviously for Train Kept a Rolling was the example that I use years later to try and get the um, performance royalties off those every yeah. time it's played on a jukebox or on the radio and whatnot. And again, I just don't know the technical lingo. Don't even pretend to. So Mechanical. I, mechanical rights. So, you know, there's a lot more to it. It's just very sad to have this hitting the fan, putting Bruce in a, a bad situation. He didn't just burned the bridge he blew up the town <laughs> so <laughs> and i read that somewhere that's not original should we move on to happier things sure let's talk about <laughs> all right vinnie vincent okay thanks for joining us we'll see you next time um <laughs> so earlier this week uh a post did turn up that vinnie was going to be reissuing what everyone has been clamoring for speedball jam <laughs> now this cd this glorious cd is 73 minutes of high frequency juke uh boombox and at times it seems it's boombox recordings of vinnie's various warm-ups and noodling I do this shit on my guitar for an hour a day, and trust me, all the cats leave the neighborhood. Um, 
I make up my own scales, damn it, and they're all right. So 250 bucks for a February 2020 reissue of a CD no one wanted. Um, people want new music, but I think it did come with a pick and a signed photo, so there were going to be some other Chuckies in there to you know, bring it closer up to that value. Ken, I'm going straight to you as the voice of reason. <laughs> well, this is what... If I want to hear that uh, CD of, of his doodling or his speedball, I'll just save the money and I'll go to the local bee farm and and record it there and listen listen and record that and then put it on the CD. Um, that's just uh, just crazy that he's well putting that out. I think you said he pulled it, right? That pulled it off the site. Um, yeah, but, yeah. I I just checked back on the thread today and uh, the link you know just goes to oops. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oops. We didn't mean to put that out, or who knows. But, um, yeah, we would rather have, you know, the music um, or new music, you know, music that he's already released, uh, maybe do some remastering of some of the stuff, or new music, which he says he's been supposedly writing and playing all this time anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't want to hear that. That's the least, you know, CD of music that I would want to buy from him. How many of you own the CD? Alex, do you own Speedball Jam? I can't afford Speedball Jam. So, <laughs> <laughs> Mark, how about you? No, I don't. I'd rather pull out all my nails out of my hands before I go and buy it. You don't have it on. And so these were three it. prospective customers, Vinny. Uh, yeah, I'm but, going, but you know what I understand, though, honestly, about that is that, OK, if he really wanted to, to, to do something with this product, um, why didn't he just sell it at a normal, reasonable price? I mean, it, it would be hard enough probably at that price to get people to buy it. But what in God's name did he think would make people buy it at $250? I mean, here's a little sample of it. Like, come on. Okay, and for the record, the Make complete speedball jam—the complete speedball <laughs> jam—is on YouTube. So, I mean, right there, you can you can listen to it if you're really that desperate to hear it. It's there on on YouTube. Now, I'm not trying to, you know, cut into his market or nothing, but you know, <laughs> it, it's come on. I mean, but two hundred fifty dollars, like really, I, I'm trying. I was trying really hard to think if there was some kind of reasoning behind this, like. Did, was there some sort of thing added to it? Like, was there some kind of special meeting or meet and greet that came with buying a CD? Or was there some sort of thing that you would get later? You know, was was this part of something that you got? Was there like a box set now included? Like that was, you know, that he offered before now? This is just the first CD of it. Like, I don't know. I was trying to think of anything that would justify the $250 cost. Yeah, you can buy a microwave cheaper than 250 bucks and stick your head in it. Uh <laughs> You know, also like, when I think the price point is a is a bit high, a um, bit. and 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 it's not the music that like, again like we want to hear. I mean, granted, the first time Speedball Jam came out, I don't think it was a, it was a huge pressing of it, um, but I just you know, 
a lot of fans, we just, we want to hear, I, if, you know, if you want to hear Vinnie Vincent, we want to either get like the Invasion albums, you know, redone or, you know, they've said like he did All Systems Go was going to be redone or with, you know, um, Robert Fleischman on vocals. But I just, you know, I don't understand, you know, again, lower the price point, do a hundred bucks and, and he can easily package and, but package those demos. You know, if he says he's got the master versions of, the stuff that does circulate on YouTube, and I'm I'm thinking like Gypsy in Her Eyes, you know, those Jeff Scott Soto demos and stuff like that. Easily package it. You don't have to put it in a jewel case. Y&T did a they did an EP, and it's kind of packaged like a miniature record. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that doesn't cost too much money to, you know, do up you know a couple hundred of these. And by all means, you know, like I said, slap on a hundred dollar label and include that signed photo. And and uh, you know the guitar pick and stuff and maybe you know Vinny make a make a set of trading cards like a nine nine card trading card set to include it you know make it worth the money I mean I know I think it's difficult to to go to an artist and you sit there and you try to price something that for them they think is worth a lot of money and to sit there and go like oh, I think it's only worth this much you know I know it can be insulting I see people all the time trying to sell paintings and stuff online. And sometimes I'm like, wow, you guys really want 400 bucks for that painting? Like, eh, it's not that good. But, you know, at least be reasonable with with the price point that you want to sell it at. You know, because not everybody has 250 And I know it's tough because, you know, Gene obviously had his vault experience that was two grand, so people can argue with that. But, you know, especially with Vinny trying to get back out there, you know, pick 10, pick 10 or 12 of the best demos that you have quality-wise – you know, package it in a little, you know, it just has to be a cardboard sleeve, eco-friendly sleeve. Uh, and include that signed photo and, you know, guitar pick or two and, you know, price it reasonably, you know, 100 bucks. Sure, somebody, I'd be more willing to put 100 bucks for 12 amazing quality demos and a signed photo than 250 for something that, sadly, it's already been bootlegged on YouTube and the best quality that exists on YouTube. Yeah, except I don't think he has the rights to a lot of the stuff that we might like to hear. Um, and I, again, I don't know the details, but I'm pretty sure if he signed a deal with Enigma and did all those recordings, um, that there's there may be rights tied up elsewhere. Same with the Invasion stuff. That stuff has been re-released in, pre, in recent years under a real record label, so he's not doing anything with that anytime soon. I would still like him just to forget the stupid stuff, you know, give tom a call or the kiss my wax guys and put euphoria into pink vinyl you know i think even that would be more appealing as product as one you know 75 bucks for a record than a 250 dollars cd and then let someone else do all the fulfillment Vinny just has to sit back shut up sign where told when you know the flats are delivered and not handle the money until he's given a check at the end. And I think people would be much more comfortable with that sort of arrangement. I don't want to denigrate Speedball, you know, it, but, you know, listening to 73 minutes of it, and I did sit through it, and it was all cut and pasted together from various takes, was, you know, overkill. It wasn't even tracked properly. Um, you know, I actually was interested in some of the sections of it because you hear, you know, I think there's some effusion in there, which they used to do on on the, on the tour so it's not what people want so why what are the hang-ups you know that are keeping him from doing anything else uh, fleischman last uh we read he didn't want anything to do with any 
You know, he was done, finally done. You know, mm-hmm. so he's not going to be rushing in to re-record Mark's, Mark Slaughter's melodies for all systems go, is he? So let's be realistic on what he can get out there. Stick to something small. You want to release something, Vinny? Start with an LP. Well, you know? do you do you think he could reach out to? Is it uh, is it Red Cherry Rock? Is that the label that did the uh, Warrior CDs? Yeah, I'm um, sure he really wants to reach out to the people who released his music. I don't know how involved he was in that. No, <laughs> it got released, <laughs> damn it. So obviously, but but you know, to, to sit there that there was at least a company that saw some value in in Vinnie Vincent material that like, hey, we're we're going to package his CDs. You know that I feel like that could be a company that could get behind with Vinny in the sense to go like, let's maybe package something. Excuse me. Um, I think they definitely saw some value in the music related to Vinny Vincent with the upside of not having to work directly with Vinny. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and that's just, there's so many horror stories now in public since he's come back and that have come out, you know, from his, from his history that you know it's going to take yeah. a very brave business to partner with him with his demands and just his quirks i i don't want to you know kind of he is what he is and it's not going to yeah. change and if that, people want to do business because when he's left to his own devices you end up with a 250 cd that's announced and dn it was announced in all caps and de-announced within a week so mm-hmm. again it does nothing to resurrect his career or give him yeah, money, I, or give him money that, that, and that's the problem mm-hmm. is that you know when when people start acting like this on on the internet you know and you start burning all these bridges any any hope of doing stuff like this from your past is completely squashed i mean a, a good example of this that's kind of recent actually is um yes actually released uh, a, a kind of ep slash LP box set that came out just now called from a from a page which is basically songs that they wrote back when Benoit David was the singer back in like 2005 or 6 like that when he replaced John Anderson when he left in like 2004 and uh they did some songs and they they were going to go and do a full record called Fly From Here and before that happened the keyboard player Oliver Wakeman which is Rick Wakeman's son got fired and somebody else came into play. But that, those songs that he recorded with them, they ended up keeping, it, it's a, and they had it in great condition and, you know, on 24 track. And because he kept in good stance with these people throughout the years, never bad-mouthed them or nothing like that, just this year, Oliver con- contacted Steve Howe and them and said, listen, can you, how about releasing this stuff? And bam, they released it. And, you know... And it did really good. And people in the Yes community were overjoyed. They loved it. And guess what? There's talks again of maybe trying to find some more, you know, hidden in the vaults Yes stuff with other, you know, band members. So th- let that be a lesson. Like, don't be be careful who you badmouth, especially when you were working with these people. Because if you ever want to try to do stuff like this in the future, you know, that ain't a good way to approach it. Yeah. You know, maybe 2020, there'll be Warrior 3, you know. <laughs> or or Jeff Scott Soto releases his stuff, you know, with Vinny and Vinny's cut out of that picture. You know, he, he's he's just missing the boat as time ticks on. 
and more and more fans die of old age and <laughs> middle-aged health issues. I mean, it, it's really, again, never miss an opportunity to shoot yourself in the foot, um, which is just so depressing for someone who loves his music and his artistry and his creativity. Uh, absolutely amazing artist who wasted his career. Um, hasn't had one. 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, how absolutely disappointing considering the stuff that he did. Um, talking about the future, Ken, the end, July the 17th, 2021, right? 2021. Yeah. And, uh, I was thinking about that and the, the announcement of it being the saying the last show. Well, I, th- I think it's more of the last show ever of a tour <laughs> of a kiss actual tour. Um, and maybe the last show where hopefully Ace and Peter and Bruce, whoever may, you know, get on stage with them at some point. Um, that's what that is, uh, to me. Um, and will I go to that in, in New York City? I might, I might just go to that if I'm pretty sure that those guys are going to show up. Um, I think I might, you know, go ahead and do it. Um, the other thing is, though, I do think Kiss will perform after that. Uh, the current lineup will perform here and there. Maybe festival, maybe a Vegas run, maybe something like that, but not a you know tour kind of thing. Um, just that's just what I'm thinking about that. Um, but it's it's, fi- it's finally interesting to hear a actual concrete date and if it sells out so fast are they going to add more shows will there be more last shows or or is that going to really be the last show um that's that's a question there because we, we don't know even where it's going to be in new york city well if you add a show then the one that was the last show is no longer the last show exactly so, it's so the you, second the last show yeah the penultimate I, <laughs> unless I think... you add a show before that last show so it's this whole end of the road thing though i mean i'm really curious about it because i mean they know they announced the date they announced the city you know i mean i'm i'm guessing that sooner or later they're gonna have to obviously have to commit to a a venue or a place to do it eventually yeah maybe yeah and and but you know i think the problem here well maybe it's, it's not a problem but i'm curious to see the reactions down the line because now with this whole thing with Motley Crue with them coming back out of the into, out of the woodwork and touring again, again you're getting all these comments on the internet about how people are not taking seriously this end of the road, you know, sort of ideal that people are actually going to end. It's like okay, it's like the Who. How many times did they say it was over and they came back? Motley Crue swore up and down that it would never ever happen. Mick Mars went on you know that metal show and said that he would let everybody go to free if they ever went back on tour again. You know. That they that it would never happen. Nikki Six, oh, I'll never, we'll never do this. I will never do it. You know, and when they make these kind of grandiose statements, and now they come back on their word and go and do it. I mean, I'm just, I'm just gonna say this. I just really hope that when Kiss do end it, that they do end it. I mean, really, is Rush the only band that I know of that actually said we're done and are stuck to it? Let so let far. that be a lesson. Canadians are a people of their word. Okay. So far. Yeah, I mean, hey, but, but does they've any, done it on. longer than anybody else have said it. 
Yeah, but why why do why do people ever believe musicians? I mean, they're about as accurate as politicians. I mean, come on, they lie. They do nothing but lie. Kiss has the problem that it's got a public narrative around them that they've been on a repetitive, you know, farewell tour like Cher, you know, for the last 20 years. You know, like it was one farewell after another, after another, after another. No, they only ever did one farewell tour and then they flipped the switch, you know, which which is fine. And as far as Motley goes, you know, Vince owes me two thirds of the songs he didn't sing the last time I saw him, so maybe I'll get a few more. You know, maybe that day he won't be singing any nouns, so I'll get all the verbs, adverbs, and adjectives. You never know with Vince. You know, sometimes he's in a verb mood, sometimes it's adjectives only, um, sometimes just consonants only. Um, some, yeah, sometimes it's uh, just grunts and primal screams for every song. Um, no, I love Motley. But I don't go to Motley to hear Vince, and I haven't for many years. I go to watch one person, and it's the guy who said I can go for free. You know, thanks, Mick. I love watching him play. Just yeah. such a vastly underrated guitarist. Just absolutely mm-hmm. freaking stunning um, what he does. And so limited in his mobility. And just to think of what pain and he may be in. You know, just a very, very... Very good player. I, I can't get any of that tone that he does. Um, but this is the Kiss FAQ podcast. And I, I talk about too many other bands too often. The final show. I don't actually give a shit. You know, I think whatever show I go to, you know, in March, if they don't cancel Oakland, because it's still, I, I counted still blue a lot dots. of seats. <laughs> I, I counted the dots and it is horrendous. <clears throat> if they cancel it, I won't be shocked because it is absolutely dire. Um, and then I'll get a refund, and I'll get a refund on my meet and greet that I bought accidentally, um, and I, and I'm good with all the ones. I mean, this year I, I did the forum, I did Madison Square Garden, I did opening night. So, you know, yeah. ultimately, what more could I? Re- I did a meet and greet, you know, the guitar package with Tommy. I still wanted to do the drum one with Eric. Um, you know, just because those guys again mean a lot to me personally. But the end of the road, going to New York City, yeah, it's kind of like that. It's New York City. It's the end. But I've been there. I've seen them at Madison Square Garden, which is more of a cathedral of music than City yeah. Field. I hate stadiums mm. with a passion. Um, and I just see it. It's going to be such a fake, false, pseudo fans with big wallets, you know, all the whole f- front hundred rows are going to be fat cats and big wigs um, and their silicone honeys uh, that I don't think I could stomach it or you know all the fans I've seen them 197 times what's your favorite song rock and roll all night no to me kiss really should end in the most outrageous way kiss could end and that would be the free concert in central park make no money broadcast the damn thing uh, Mm -hmm. sell the dvd afterwards but make it after a career and 40 something years of merchandising and on this tour gouging the living daylights out of anything with the moving wallets um not that anyone has to pay for it just to say we're done here's a freebie and then blow up the costumes at the end of the tour, uh, you know, and end well, of the show. Well, Julian, you laughed at me when 
we had our episode of the end, what, a couple of years ago or whatever, <clears throat> back, and I said, free concert at Central Park. And you laughed. <laughs> but I obviously came yeah, around to your I came around to your wisdom in the end. So you yeah. can you can smugly be happy. I hope that they do it. You're right in the end. Yeah. Mark. I hope they do it. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with Ken. I mean, I think that, that that's probably the best way to do it. And you know, because if you think about it, it is grandiose. It is very kiss like in their mind, you know, to do show them how the big boys do it, you know. And stuff like that but i mean really th that also eliminates the the fear of attendance like you know how well will this sell out if people have to pay for it well if you don't have to pay for it everybody and their brother is going to show up you know it's going to be you know a full full packed park for that so really that's what that's the way you want to go out right so i mean look let's face it kiss have made a lot of money over the years you know especially on the second end of this whole thing i mean they made a lot of money really like can't they just throw people a bone for one last show and just you know make it a free thing make it like a thank you very much for all your years of support and as long as you can get yourselves down here to central park you're going to see a great final kiss show you know uh and i think that's the, the right way to do it now i don't know if this is true or not i saw this somewhere on the internet so you know if it's on the internet you know it's got to be true but there's some rumor going around that P paul stanley is in the uh, litigation with a, for another divorce possibly now what uh, yeah i read somewhere on the online that his that, that he might be getting divorced now i don't know if that's it was his, it was his anniversary uh, yesterday and he was celebrating it okay he, good well then maybe it was just a complete falsehood he, i think it's even, a false one. yeah he even <clears throat> skipped going to australia because he forgot it was his anniversary today yesterday okay good so there was probably just some hoax thing because God, you know, I hate the internet. I hate the internet so much. Yeah, because I mean, that's the first thing that came to my mind when I read that. I was like, oh no, because apparently, you know, I heard long ago that after they did the farewell tour, you know, he he went through that big major divorce and he wanted to get back and tour because he was so scraped for money after his last divorce. You know, I mean, you don't want something like that to happen now again. You know, they finished the farewell tour and then he has to, you know, you know go start touring again because he's, you know taken to the cleaners by an, a wife ex-wife you know so i'm glad that's not true you know so come on uh you know central park free show let's do it you know alex you know your shows yeah. have been rescheduled for very end of the yeah next year i was talking with my dad because i'll be doing my student teaching that semester and so for the rescheduled date and it's like do I swap my ticket out for one of the tickets to go see the Doobie Brothers on their 50th anniversary tour with Michael McDonald? I mean, sorry, Kiss. You know, um, I'm still kind of irritated that we got booked out so far ahead, too. I mean, I get scheduling conflicts, you know, dictate some of that stuff. But I was like, dang, it's like over a year away. Um, but I do hope – I hope that July 17th, 2021, I hope that is like the last concert. I mean, I don't care if Kiss does another Kiss cruise and, and decides to do acoustic and stuff, but I hope that July 17th is the last time they, they do the makeup. And I hope they they do it right with inviting some pre-former members. I mean, I, you know, the uh, – what do you what do you want to call it? The wishful thinking of me would like to see Ace, Peter, Vinny, and Bruce there. You know, realistically, I'm sure some people may or may not attend it. Um, but I just picked up that Foreigner uh, Then and Now uh, 
um, DVD CD package where they they did like the first half of the show with the current lineup, and they did a few songs with the uh, as much of the original as you can get. And I think the bass original bass player passed away, so they had a, the second bass player with them. Um, and and that was great. And then they, of course they came out and finished it. You know, I hope Kiss. You know, I love the Central Park idea. I think what a great way to do it. You know. You know, they make that DVD, Blu-ray, CD package, and all of us Kiss fans will go buy it. And, and you know they'll do different variations, some with vinyl, some with this and that, that we'll pick up multiple copies of it. Um, but I just hope they do it right with, you know, inviting some former members out. Um, whether it's, you know, Peter Chris just doing best or Peter Chris with the tambourine up on stage with them after they do rock and roll all night. It, you know... <laughs> <laughs> just do it right to call it a day and then and then stick 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 to your guns you know i know gene says he's he's up there in age and stuff and i you know i, I don't want to i don't want to see those guys you know uh you know drop dead on stage or anything because he decided to keep pushing it like you know be, feel free to feel free to call it a day and say hey this is it and you know, if they want to get together, and when I say do a 50th anniversary show because it's 50 years in 2023, 2024, and they want to get together without makeup and do a live show, you know, in regular street clothes, by all means, go for it. I'm sorry, my little one's got a big old tooth coming in, and she's chewing on spoons all day. You know what, you know what I think, Alex? I, I think that in your future, you're going to be hearing this. Good old Doobie. Doobie Brothers. Yeah, so I mean, going back to the Central Park thing, it would, it would be uh, again a nice touch for it to be free, and they could sell their ten thousand dollar meet and greet packages, the last meet and greet ever, you know, in makeup. You know, they could totally get the 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 money out of it in some way. Oh, and some and some, and some awesome merchandise too. There, you know, yeah. t-shirts. They have the Central Park. They can they can yeah, make what they could have had in tickets and merch alone sponsorship as well you know to to pay for it uh yeah. come on new york new york state their home or new york city god so i i i think that it just needs to kind of be done in a surprising way and then of course 50th anniversary do a do a pay-per-view on netflix or amazon prime or any of these you know dozens of places mm -hmm. now you know look at the mandalorian and how it's doing on disney i mean crashing the systems mm -hmm. uh, you know content is king you know there, there are so many other again there are also lots of business and legal issues and questions and whatnot um that we'll have to wait and see whatever the case i'm sure kiss will annoy someone and make someone else very happy with however they decide to do their final show and it'll be interesting to watch from afar, even if I don't go. I say I have no interest whatsoever, but those are like my famous last words. I just don't want to see Peter Chris up on stage with someone else wearing makeup. You know, it's just, mm. I, I, I don't care how many years and how great Eric Singer is, how much I love him as a drummer, uh, how hilarious he is. I still don't want to see Peter denigrated as the original Catman, the one and only. And same goes for Ace. So there's got to be a way that it can be worked out. And if not, mm -hmm. it should just be whatever the current lineup is and have a nice big video thing in the background, making sure that everyone is honored, including Vinny and Mark St. John and Bob. Don't forget <laughs> Bob. All right, let's talk about sharks or lack thereof, because, of course, uh, <laughs> Paul was sick. Tour was canceled. 
uh, for Australia, that is. And then Gene and Eric and Tommy hopped on the plane anyway and went to, uh, what was it, Port Lincoln in South Australia to hop on a rowboat. It, they looked like the Sex Pistols Pirates of Destiny cover. Uh, just the, the band in a tiny little rowboat on the Thames. Um, when, when they said they were going out on a boat to perform for sharks, I was actually thinking more a ship. Than, something bigger, yeah, yeah. something a little bit bigger. We need bigger. a bigger ship. And then I, yeah. then I was equally shocked that there were only eight fans, so they managed oh. to sell out eight tickets. Um, and the people who purchased those tickets were put on a barge attached to the back of the boat. Um, it looked really fun actually, but it also looked really spinal tappy as well. Uh, see, and no shark yeah. showed up, so. What, what was uh, Mark? What was your thoughts on it in execution? The little puffs of uh, smoke, just a tiny, anemic little. <laughs> Honestly, this is the sort of thing that I always don't understand why Kiss do this kind of stuff. I know at the end of the day, it's all about ching ching money. That's the only reason why they probably did it is because somebody probably gave them some ridiculous, you know, amount of money to do it. But you know. This is not helping their image at all. Like, you know, when when you when I talk to some people, you know, just in musical circles and stuff like that, you know, there's 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 us diehard people who love Kiss and will support them no matter what. And then there's those musicians that when you just mention the word Kiss, they just put their heads in their hands and say, really, these guys are a joke. And it's stuff like this that make them a joke, because when they start showing this stuff online that they're playing on this little rinky-dink boat, okay, first of all, it's only the three of them. It's not even the full band. Then, And and that's the thing. People started focusing on stuff like that a lot. Like, wow, all eight people showed up for this. Now, that sounds really bad, okay, that eight people showed up for it. i got to focus it a bit better, Alex. Yeah, you've got uh, – Alex, you have blur enabled, so it blurs everything. Yeah, you got to unblur your background. But yeah, there you go. Truth be told, I'm not sick. I'm just playing a... <laughs> uh, you know what? I would honestly believe that if that was the actual Paul Stanley. I mean, you know, but there's a whole kinds of, you know, conspiracy theory around this whole Australia thing that Paul really wasn't sick, that the attendance for the shows were terrible. That's why they canceled the tour, blah, blah, blah. But anyways, that that that, that shark thing is just you know ridiculous first of all and then and i heard too that it didn't it didn't do what it was supposed to do like the music wasn't supposed to attract the sharks to come by the boat and it didn't do anything like that i mean there was a running joke on i think it was a one of the other shouted out loud podcasts or something like that they were saying that because of uh tommy doing uh what do you do uh shock what's me, the, what's shock it? Shock me that yeah yeah that that was what was the final straw that no sharks came because of that you know so, but, you know, it it just looks silly. Like, it really looks silly. Like, even the way Julian just described it a second ago with, like, these anemic puffs of smoke and stuff like that. Like, really, this is how you're, you're saying, you know, the big boys play? I think it's ridiculous. I think it ruins their image. It doesn't do anything to help their image. And really, if you're trying to get people to come and see you, you don't want this kind of stuff appearing on television. That's really what I think. Damn, we put a quarter in Mark today. You know, Metallica goes to Antarctica. Kiss plays a rowboat. You know? 
<laughs> yeah, it, it it kind of is a a great illustration of the difference in uh, uh, perceptions about being a big boy. Ken. Yeah, well, like Mark said, it's not going to be on TV because the Discovery Channel turned it down for Shark Week, so it's not gonna <laughs> it's not gonna work. Um, yeah, I thought that was kind of I thought I expected a a bigger boat, you know. You know, they they were on the uh, USS Intrepid, right, for the announcement of that uh, tour. I thought it'd be at least something sizable, not the, you know, SS Minnow um, <laughs> ship. You know, I thought they were going to get stranded after the three-hour tour. So I, 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 Mardi Gras even looked better or seems better. Uh, than the, doing that uh, the boat thing and again yeah you're missing Paul Stanley I don't know if Paul Stanley is really sick or or, or not uh, there's that thing that picture they showed of him looks like he was in the studio doing something with Soul Station or listening back something there I don't know if that was a actual truth or an no, old that, that picture was, that or was what? apparently much earlier so okay Okay, and then yeah, the, like you said, you see a little teeny bit of smoke coming out of the corner behind Gene there. Um, From the USS know. Intrepid to that. Maybe it's the exhaust. It's not even of any effect. It's probably the exhaust of the ship. <laughs> so it was like polluting the air. Um, I, I just think it's uh, it was kind of a goofy. But yes, they probably got paid a lot of money. Um, and they they were going to be there anyway, I guess. For supposedly, well, they were going to be there for the Australian tour uh, anyway. So it was, you know, the timing was right. Um, but now, with Paul getting sick, uh, um, it's then it doesn't look as good, or it doesn't make sense to even go there. I guess they they got paid a lot of money, or else I don't think they would have gone there to do that. That, that's my guess, and of course, also doing Gene's vault. Have you ever seen the Hornblower in the Bay? It's uh, it's kind of a boat that can have, I think, two, yeah. three, three hundred and fifty guests, and you go out for dinner and a cruise around yeah. the bay. That was kind I of think the I've size been on of, that once. Yeah, yeah, we did that. We did that for a Christmas party one year at work, and it was fantastic. And you know, that was kind of what I was expecting. You know, that yeah. it would be a couple hundred people, not a cruise size boat, but certainly not. It is basically looks like a glorified fishing boat. You know, I don't think I'd even take that out in uh, the Pacific to go deep sea fishing on that. No, I think those boats we use are bigger. Um, you know, it, it was just very unimpressive. I guess you had to be there is the nice way to put it. Alex, would you like to have been there? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, I've never been to Australia, so, you know, I guess if it was a trip to Australia, that would make it worth it. But I, I don't know. I just – it's – it's embarrassing, I guess, and you know, you know, joke with that Paul's that Paul P A W L Stanley Twitter account um, about him. That I'm not going on an effing boat, <laughs> but you know, it's it's one of those things. I've just, you know, you sit there and go, like, cool, Kiss is my band, and then they do stuff like that, and you're like, guys, come on, like, and, and I'm sure they, like you said, they, I'm sure the paid the paycheck at the end of the day was awesome, but like you guys mentioned, I remember my high school. We did homecoming on a um, we did homecoming on a boat. You know, it was kind of like a, yeah. almost like a miniature aircraft carrier with like a glass atrium restaurant on top and stuff. And I was at first thinking it was something like that, but then you know when you see what what they did it on, 
And it was just like, why, why? That was all the hype. Was just for that. And and when you see that boat, you kind of wonder like, where was Paul going to stand anyways? There's not enough room for the three of them already to begin with on there. Uh, <laughs> I think they almost had to maybe just kind of like, okay, which one of us cannot show up because we can't fit all four of you guys on the back of this boat? And Paul was like, me, me, I can't do it. I can't. I'm sick, guys. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, Paul um, would fly out to the barge where the the eight fans are. I guess so. for a love gun. <laughs> you know, and, and, it, and it looks like the eight fans got to meet Kiss. You know, the three out of four, three out of the four guys. Um, so hopefully, you know, for them they had fun and stuff. But <laughs> hopefully for them they had fun. But you know, I just I just wish Kiss sometimes. You know, you just wish they would maybe do some cooler things than than what they're doing, to say the least. But yeah. You're muted, Julian. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I was saying uh, Alex's <laughs> daughter now has the attention that she craved, and she's going to press hang up. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, again, all these great ideas, and then the execution. I mean, sounds like so many projects that you hear about. It's like buying the sea people out of the the comic books in the 1970s, you know, looked great in advertising and concept. And then you arrived and you saw, but, but again, like I said, I think maybe you had to be there and I'm sure it was absolutely amazing to see them up close and that personal, um, you know, regardless of the context of how silly it looks from afar. So that's my political spin on it. <laughs> <laughs> a for effort. I get a participation Grammy for that. Effort. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's leave that there so uh, Alex's daughter can scream at him some more. Um, yeah, that's it. Any last thoughts? Oh, yeah. Tell us. I will say, yeah, so I did get the uh, colored vinyl. Um, and actually, I put the sticker on there. I know some people are not going to be happy with that, but I put the sticker on. Uh, took it off the shrink wrap and put it on the album cover. But this is the one... The colored vinyl. So this one, Mark, you'll be impressed that it came in a nice uh, Oh, sleeve. finally. Yeah, yes. Um, but the it's interesting. I think it's the same color as the Rock and Roll Over. Yeah. It's a disappointment that he yeah. did that. So that one's pretty cool. And then the other one, which, of course, they jammed all the songs on this one. It's the same pressing. But this one, they didn't do that. But they used the actual, you know, the lyric sleeve mm. for... For that, but it's not flimsy or anything. And the color on that is another, you know, translucent, uh, a blue. That's not quite as aqua as I was hoping it. That looks closer to like the revenge. Oh, yeah. It wasn't advertised that way. Uh, And then I have something else, but it's not Kiss, but in a way it's related to like Psycho Circus because of the, you know, remember Psycho Circus had the lenticular cover, right? Well, here's. So this is the ELO, the new ELO album, right? And it has a lenticular. Ooh. Oh, nice. Yeah. It appears out of nowhere, which is the name of the the album. So. Nice. Yeah, I thought, oh, it's like, oh, Kiss did it. Yeah, ELO's gonna do it too now. So. It, no, it's, no, no. It's cool. Other bands have done it. I mean, think of some of the cool stuff bands have done with their album packaging. <laughs> You know, whether mirrors on the front, lenticular covers, and whatnot. Yeah. Mark, you've had some podcast appearances this week, haven't you? 
Yeah, yeah, I was on a uh, Ages of Rock. I was on. Uh, that was that was fun. We you know chatted about a lot of different things. Uh, the the Motley Crew thing was also was one of the big talking points on that one as well. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that was the, actually the main one that I was on this week. Uh, of course, you know the Kiss one that we do here is obviously a good one, and I mean obviously the my Yes one which comes out tomorrow, which is a uh, always a big listener uh but yeah i mean that that was that was fun i, I really liked going on with the ages of rock guys they're good guys and uh they have a they have very interesting opinions on uh on their uh views of rock oh but i also yeah you know what you're right though i was on progressive palaver as well uh on their uh ending of a they did a whole i think it was a, a two months worth of episodes where they went through the entire genesis discography and at the end of it, they had me on talking about what we thought of the whole catalog as a whole, and uh, that 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 raised a few eyebrows, my opinions on it. I told them if, if you're if you find my opinions eyebrow raising, you should really check out the Kiss FAQ one, because you know there's always an eyebrow or two raised on my with my comments on here too. So uh, they they swear they're gonna start checking it out now, so we can have some additional watchers soon. So yeah, but it was it was good because you know I get to pimp my project gemini stuff on there as well and that always helps and every time i've done an episode with anybody on, on any one of these extra like podcasts i appear on i always get at least two three or four orders of something so that's, that's, that's good. Very, very good and i'm very grateful for that so thanks guys for the ages of rock podcast and thank you to the progressive palaver guys and thank you julian for having me on here talking about it and thank you kevin on the yes music podcast yeah, we wouldn't have it any other way, Mark. And I actually got to be on another podcast this week, uh, an episode one or part one of the Whoa. Bruce Springsteen. Oh. Tramps, oh. Tramps Like Us, a Bruce Springsteen podcast. I participated in the panel wow. ranking the studio albums. Now, I, of course, anyone who follows me on Facebook knows that uh, it was about a month or six weeks ago or, you know, Recently, yeah. I sat down and went through the Bruce Springsteen catalog from start to yeah. finish sequentially, having only ever heard uh, Born in the USA back contemporaneously. I was never a fan of Bruce. I've told many a story about my concert experience. Um, so I went through all the albums and it was great to participate in a ranking with some people, you know, Greg from the lipstick panel, Brian from uh, rock and or roll, Eric Miller from pods and saws. And of course, Lee from tramps like us. And I was like the educating Rita on that panel because <laughs> I, I know nothing. I have no context with the music, uh, but I have an opinion. Um, so it was very fun and part two will be out soon. So that was uh, really cool. All right, let's leave that there for this week. So for now from Alex, his daughter, Ken, <laughs> Sorry, Mark, Ken. myself. Thanks for watching and listening, and we shall see you next time. Take care. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.